Hi, you're listening to Kasama Hunkel. My name is Chachi and I am the host for this podcast. And the mission behind Kasama Hunkel is to uplift voices of Filipinos in Hawaii and to create an outlet for those to share and learn about their own cultural history. For today's episode, I have invited a Davao native from... And welcome to another episode for Kasamo Henko. Today, I am excited because we are... I am actually um, having an opportunity of getting to know um, one of... Another community member here in Hawaii, especially someone that I personally connected through social media. Um, her name is Angela Pasco, and she is a student, model, and a aspiring filmmaker. And without further said and do, that's I want to be able to have our guests also give a little short intro about who they are, what they do, and personal pronouns that they prefer. So hi, my name is Angela Pasco. Some people call me Angel. Some people call me AJ. I have like a bunch of nicknames, but <laughs> um, my pronouns are um, her and she. Um, I am a full-time student. I go to HPU or Hawaii Pacific. Um, yeah, so I study film and I am a part-time model and yeah, filmmaker. <laughs> Yay! And I yeah. totally get you with all the nicknames because mm-hmm. being Filipino, we are called different things other than our birth name. And I remember the last time that we spoke, actually, um, you are Actually, you came from the Philippines recent, mm-hmm. uh, not recently, but mm-hmm. um, couple. Yeah, I would back. say. Yeah, I would say that I, it is pretty recent. I am from Davao City, and I moved to the island like three and a half years ago because I just came here for college, and I'm graduate this coming semester. So yeah, I think it's only just been three years, something like that. So I grew up over there. So basically my story is that I was born in Washington state, so which is the mainland. And then I stayed there until I was like seven or six years old, something like that. And then I moved to the Philippines directly to Davao and lived there from like the age of six, seven till 19. So basically I would always say that I am from the Philippines because I don't remember anything from the States. Um, yeah, so that's how I adapted the language, culture, and everything. And then came here just for college, which was three years ago. Nice. And honestly, if you don't mind me asking, and I, this has been one thing that i um wanting to ask is, coming from the Philippines to Hawaii, have you ever felt like this uh, culture shock in terms of, like, mm-hmm. there's just so many different things that you didn't know, but, well... Yeah, I mean... One of the reasons why I did choose Hawaii was because my mom was already here. 
I, cause I knew that I wanted to, um, pursue film or college outside the Philippines. Cause you know, of course it's not a thing in the Philippines, but I didn't want to go to the mainland cause I was like super scared about it. Cause I didn't know anyone and I didn't know the culture at all. I didn't know anything about it. So I came here and then I only knew my mom basically. And so when I came here, of course it was like crazy. It was like a huge culture shock for me. I kid you not that because it was six months before that I knew that I was going to for sure move to the island. And I swear to God, that whole entire six months, I Googled so much like um, like social standards or like how like what does it feel like or how you're supposed to act in America. And I even watched so many reality shows like I've. I watched the whole entire, this is so bad to say, but I watched the whole entire Kardashian show just to understand how, like, the American culture worked. So, yeah, it's it's very different. Like, but even after all that studying, I guess, of the American culture, it was still so different coming here and interacting with people in pure English. It was so different. And it's so different, too, when when you come from somewhere that everyone you're surrounded by is Filipino and speaks a certain language. And then all of a sudden you go to this like outside your little bubble. And then there's like so many people, different people, like different, like even different types of Filipinos that you like never even knew about. (laughs) It's like, yeah. So it was, it was definitely a huge, huge culture shock in very different ways. So that's um thank you for sharing and i think like one thing that i i I could remember because um a couple while back in the uh episode i had someone also i interviewed uh she was an international student and her Mm -hmm. experience were similarly quite like yours Mm -hmm. a little bit Mm -hmm. um although she did move back to Mm -hmm. the philippines um Mm -hmm. one thing that she uh she mentioned and something that you may also um, experience is um, being moving here at like a a decent age, like Mm -hmm. where you are now. Um, Is it a lot more, was it actually easier for you or harder for you to transition? I think I would say that it was, hmm, I don't really know. I think it's kind of, both I guess because there were some aspects that were hard there were some aspects that because of my age it would be easier you know I feel like for some part of me feels like if I came in later then it would be so much harder but there's also a part of me that wishes I came to the U.S. sooner there's like it it really just depends um yeah it, it really just depends on I wouldn't say it's like super, super hard. I feel like because I was so committed on coming here and I was so eager to come here, I would say that it wasn't that hard for me because I was just so eager to do it and I really wanted to do it no matter how much it would take. So I guess I guess it would say it was like easy if I had to choose one. <laughs> yeah. And also I wanted to add to the one earlier is that... Um, 
another like one big thing that was a huge culture shock for me when I first came here was that um I was I think until this day like I think I'm the only person that is labeled as an international student from the Philippines. I've never met yeah, I've never met anyone else and then when I came here to enroll in um HPU they said to me oh like we need to have an interview with you you know and then i was like yeah i thought i thought it was perfectly normal you know and then they told me that i had to take to waste like one entire semester that i couldn't go into the school until i completed that semester and it was like basic english it was like for international students and stuff like that and then i met some of the friends so my friends that i know today that are also international students but like from different countries that are not asian let's just say that and then, and they said that oh like i asked them about their experience too coming into hpu and then they were like oh we never had an interview like we never had an interview and i was like what and i've asked multiple people that um like yeah like if you ever had an interview they said no and then that they didn't ever had to take these english classes and it was just so like what it was so interesting to me like i was like huh and then in the english class they had these books like manuals in different languages like japanese korean like everything from ab from from like a to z and then they gave me an english manual cuz they were like oh we don't have one in in tagalog or any filipino i was like oh i was like Okay. <laughs> it was very interesting to me and then I've had other people like every time I said I was an international student from the Philippines they they would always think that I came here like like um years ago like when I was a baby or something. It was very interesting to me. I was like, "No, like I came here um you know, a few years ago or like last year during that time, you know." So that's 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 a really great thing that you bring up. Um I think I didn't and you said that you you came like really recently and like mm-hmm. still something that's very current today like mm-hmm. how even if you move from another country mm-hmm. um especially if you're Asian like they still think like you're not qualified to mm-hmm. speak that language. So. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's um Yeah, it's very interesting. I've I've also heard your some of your podcasts and I think I feel like every single Filipino that has transferred early on from the Philippines to America, they've always have at least one person say to them that, "Oh, your English is so good." Like they always there's always that one person or multiple people. I've like I've been here for three years and I can't even count how many people have said that to me. Like it's just super crazy. It's and then yeah you always have the same response that yeah Filipinos speak English it's their secondary language like we learn it in school like yeah so yeah I, I'm glad that you have you know this platform cuz to help people realize that we can speak English if you're in the Philippines they teach you English in elementary yeah like all my cousins my lola my lola everyone 
like of course they're fluent in Bisaya and whatever, but they do know how to speak English. Like they're like their English is pretty good. Like it's you know, but I mean they never traveled to the US before, but they all know how to speak English. Like everyone knows how to speak English. They know how to read English. It's not like a non existent thing, you know. One thing interesting now that I like a follow up question is that Mm-hmm. Especially there in the Philippines, they're teaching a lot of. There's a lot of incorporation of American education, English. Mm-hmm. One question that has been pressing me, wanting to ask um, you, is like, do you think now there's a lack of Philippine history being taught in the? I would say the- yes and no, because I mean, okay, if you say like American culture, I think yeah, there is a lack of it, for sure. But for Filipinos, it's like a yes or no kind of thing. Because when I was there, when I was, of course, studying in the Philippines, studying all like those Alamats, presidents of the Philippines, all that, all that Marcos and all that stuff. And, you know, of course, you, you study Filipino history, how Filipi- Filipinos became independent and all that. So, of course, you, you, you and you're in the Philippines and you're like talking the language so you think that you know all the things about the about Filipino culture but then you know I came here and then there's this whole entire thing like um like the sakadas you know sakadas and then I, I never there's we did not know anything we weren't taught about that at all no one no one talked about us about that and like the relation between Marcos and the islands like I didn't I did not know anything anything about that like it wasn't taught in school um and yeah and because you know how American history in school and like Filipino history is so different so like I don't even know what the KKK is like I, I don't even know what that is I yeah so it's not taught in Filipino culture it's not like we we didn't even like learn um, we didn't learn like the order of U.S. presidents. We didn't have that, and yeah, the, there's definitely a lack of of American American culture presented to Filipinos. But then again, there there's like a small part because of course the Philippines was colonized by Americans. So, there, but there's just like that's it. <laughs> that's basically all the information that they give you. But Everything else, it's basically, yeah, they don't really say anything. Thank you for elaborating a little bit more. And I wanted to ask that personally because um, I think coming from someone who recently just came from Philippines to the U.S. Mm-hmm. or Hawaii and like, me being an immigrant leaving um, leaving um, Philippines at such a young mm-hmm. age, so many things yeah. is different. So like mm-hmm. still understanding today that there's still that lack of history in both yeah especially like even in even the relation between hawaii and you know the u.s there's like huge lack of even though like hawaii is considered the u.s in some sort of way but like i've always had people that have said oh my god like you know they're from the mainland like they were they grew up in the mainland and they come here and they learn about the Hawaiian culture and then, you know, about the history with the queen and how it became what it is today. 
and they're like so shocked by it because they grew up in the U.S. and they knew nothing about their like the 50th state like they knew nothing about it it was like um it's very yeah there is definitely a lack in I think probably every single education system (laughs) yeah I know we can go on to this topic a little uh so much more but Mm -hmm. I just wanted to give a little like a little like chat a little conversation just to get Mm -hmm. us flowing i really wanted to know a lot about your story not yeah the general story so like trying to segue into your personal narrative Mm -hmm. i wanted to ask actually where is your family from so my family so i grew up in davao city which in and then a little province area my little province area is panabo city so that's my mom's side. So that's um, Davao del Norte is where, where my mom is from. And then I went, and then my dad is from Manila. So he's from Cavite, but I, I rarely, like, I rarely go over there. Because um, every time I go to the Philippines, I, I always directly go to um, Davao. And then my high school, grade school, high school was in the city. So, but it was still in Davao. So that's Davao del Sur. So it was basically still Davao. But then during weekdays, I would go to school in Davao del Sur and then go home to Panabo um, on the weekends because my family's over there. So I would just go back and forth. So I would consider, I always say that I'm from Davao City. Because, yeah, that's basically where the majority of my family and the people that I grew up is, with is from. So, yeah, that's, that's where I'm from. And being from the southern side of the Philippines, mm-hmm. what, are, what are some things that you um, carried with you? I think, I mean, of course, the first thing would be the language. Because Bisaya is the language that we use in Davao. Um I think one thing that I really carried was the was like my confidence in safety. It was so weird because Davos known down is so I don't know if you know, but like um you know the president Rodrigo Duterte is is used to be the mayor of Davos City. So um it was like the safest city ever. Like you would leave wallets on tables. It would not be stolen. You could leave bikes on like the roads and have no lock. And then nothing, nothing would happen to it. You could leave your car unlocked. No one would break in. Um, so yeah, I think that's one habit, I guess. I guess you would call it a habit that I brought here that is not good. Um, yeah, it was not good. But like other things, but that's like for, you know, for Davos specifically. But if it was like, you know, from the Philippines in general, I would say that probably, you know, um, our cultural stuff, like respecting, respecting elders and saying po and then, you know, doing manopo and all that stuff. Um, yeah, but you know, it, it is, it is always different to, from like, Philippines in general, and then from where you're actually from, like, specifically in the Philippines, but 
Yeah, I think I think that's what I what I brought here is basically I think just my values how I grew up in. Yeah. And I wanted to ask that again because like being someone who came from another country um we carry with us e baggage and that mm-hmm. baggage and that baggage is either good or bad but mm-hmm. it's something that we either carry with us that we can share when we move mm-hmm. to another country so it was a little kind of like a um impromptu kind of question mhm baggage i don't know what kind of what do you mean by baggage like um because um the very last season last um with uh, my the guest that I interviewed a mm-hmm. girl he talked mm-hmm. about this idea of unpacking because mm-hmm. he was an immigrant also and he had to mm-hmm. unpack so many different things so yeah. kind of echoing that bring that question to furthermore episodes and people that I interview mm-hmm. who also came to mm-hmm. um Hawaii I wanted to ask if there are things that you have also like brought with you that you want to continue mm-hmm. to unpack Yeah, that's a very it's very interesting because I never actually looked at it that way. Does that make sense? Cuz I think the reason why I wanted to pursue film and the reason why I wanted to move to the US was because I was so passionate about like having Filipino representation in everything. like not even film like everything i i wanted it i want them i wanted them to be like on the tv on international tv and then that's why i really wanted to come here and share that i didn't really think about it as something that oh i'm going to move to the us and then carry something with me you know what i mean or like have or i i mean i do carry something with me but i didn't really felt like it was something like a baggage kind of thing i felt like it was just something that was always a part of me you know um yeah i i don't know like if if you would say like to unpack something that would probably be yeah my passion for just to spread filipino talent to spread what the capability of filipino people that you know people outside the philippines don't understand So yeah, I think I think that's what I would say. Yeah. And I I think this kind of kind of segue into this uh question of like have you personally struggled with embracing your own identity? Is it personal, cultural? Mhm. Um, I'm leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as you said, like cultural identity is a lot of things, you know what I mean? Like it could be linguistics, it could be like how like it cuz culture culture is very different you know so it could be the culture on like how you speak on how you present yourself or the culture that you grew up in or the culture that or the of food you know um but yeah of course i ha- i've had my fair share of cultural identity crisis in life <laughs> um yeah so i've had multiple to be honest like I think one of them was when I moved from the states when I was like 7767 um to the Philippines. So I spoke English obviously. And then um you know I lived like in the south. So not a lot of people like 
I mean, they did speak English, but it was not in like their daily life kind of talk, you know. So I, I, w- I always was that type of kid that wanted to fit in, that always wanted to, you know, talk to people and like be part of the group. So I always had this thing that I would just try like to speak less because I, I couldn't speak a language at that point. But I was taking lessons because they were like forcing me to. And then and then every single Filipino class, I had like my own like learning like lesson plan that I had to read through. And then I had my own like assignments like I was like sometimes like the only person that had that type of like homework or whatever. So of course you you have like this little identity crisis thing that you feel like left out from you know that you know that you're a full-blooded Filipino person but then all of a sudden you feel like you're left out in a country that you you think you're supposed to belong in. So then um yeah, but then later on, you know, like you I was a kid that time. I was like seven eight something um it took me about I would say two three years to fully adapt the language like fluently and then like yeah like of course I I was having I was going through that little crisis and stuff like that but now that I look back on it I I'm so grateful like I I did have times when like I was super shy like I don't want to talk to people and I would cry because I didn't understand how to read Filipino but but you know now I'm so grateful that I learned the language I'm so grateful that um you know for for all those lessons that they gave me and stuff like that so yeah I mean there's a bunch and then there's um there's stuff like cultural like the very super classic cultural Filipino thing in every single Filipino household of um what do you call that? Like what you're supposed to be or jobs that you have. Like that's also, I don't know what kind of culture that is, but you know, um, like, cause my whole entire family was nothing creative. I was basically the only person. My mom was graduated HRM. My dad is like, my dad was in the military. He's also like a businessman. My mom was also a, biz- a businesswoman. My aunt was a businesswoman, and then my other aunt is also a businesswoman. She was a, she was like a psych, she was like a psych um, psychology graduate, and then my cousin was like, and she's like a civil engineer. So basically, like my whole entire family was like nothing creative at all. It was like I was just like such a such an art person. I was like the only person that was like when we had gatherings and parties. I was like the one that would decorate all those like decorate this place because I was just like no one knows how to decorate these stuff only I can do it and then so yeah so I planned all like those parties and stuff because I was so passionate about like art and bringing bringing things to life and like I was so passionate about that so of course like going back to the cultural thing there's this culture of like you need to study or become something that would give you money you know like it would have to be a nurse or a doctor or an engineer, an architect, whatever it would be. And then I remember when I was in like senior high school, I, I like, 
I was taking liberal arts. It was like mass communications. But then mass communications was like the closest thing to film, but it was not film. You know what I mean? It was it was mostly broadcast media stuff and all that. But I really wanted to have film specifically. And then I remember telling my dad and my mom um, and my entire family that I wanted to go to the U.S. to to pursue film. And it was like a whole entire process. It was like it was like you you're not going to make money making film. There's no money doing that. Like, why don't you just become a nurse and all that stuff? Like my dad really wanted me to become a nurse when I literally hated science so much. (laughs) and yeah but like I remember that my whole entire family was was like you you can't do it like you can't you can't go to the U.S. and just pursue film because it's not possible you can't get money and there was like endless arguments endless like persuasions and all that stuff and then yeah I found a scholarship I worked it out because I knew that there was no way that I was going to stay in Davao and become a nurse because I knew that I was going to be so depressed. And I knew that at one point I was just going to crash. So I was like, I'm just going to prevent that whole entire situation and just fight for what I really want to do. So, yeah, so I found a scholarship and then researched American culture, did everything and yeah this is where we are and but of course like every single identity crisis it was super tough getting here it was super it was super hard but then again but then again I'm super grateful for the experience well when you were sharing like it reminded me of like this I don't know if you watched the Disney Encanto but like it felt like you were telling that story and that was really? your story I felt like you kind of. I felt like you were a little bit like Mirabelle, um, trying to. What's, what's the name of the movie? Uh, it's called Encanto. Oh no, you didn't watch it yet. But, uh, <gasps> oh my gosh! I'll give a little. I'll, I'll give a okay, little. Okay, tell brief. me. Mm-hmm. So, when you were sh- sharing how like each of your family were, um, they weren't in. They were in the creatives. Like they were pursuing practical, traditional careers, and then you were the only one who were. The out of the box, who essentially is the black sheep of the family, but you were so passionate of like bringing things to life that kind of like seen the um, the parallel of like Mirabelle, the main character of the the film, that she's trying to um, wait for a miracle to kind of like tell the story of others. So. It kind of like gave me a parallel shift of like, whoa, mm-hmm. like this is a real life Filipino <laughs> yeah. um, story. So I'm just like, and we're we're still waiting on that. So and yeah. you're almost graduating. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. I guess like going on to that, like especially with you, um, who endured a lot and. To this and to now, like you are, you still have that passion in you, within you, mm-hmm. to continue spreading um, that passion of yours. Um, what are some things that has kept you grounded to make sure that you're not, like, you don't lose your sight? Hmm, what keeps me grounded is that I think, 
because of course being in the creative world I know I know so many creative people and I know they relate to this is that there's always some point of time when you mind block with creativity because you know creativity is not math like you can't just get a formula solve it and then you have answers but like creativity is really something you need to think about and it comes from you know it comes from art so it's just that I think I think it's just good to remember the reason why you started you know because especially for me that I've, I've already come this far and like I'm so close that like you know I'm so close to graduating I know so many more people and then you know just just reflecting and then just remembering all the achievements even if they're small that you know that you did do that and that you have come this far and that you shouldn't stop now because you know that's that's just like one thing that I'm super passionate about is that I don't think people should stop at one point just because they have creativity mind block or that because they can't think of any more ideas or like they think that they're like uh, only a one hit wonder or something like that um yeah I think I think everyone should always just keep going and to to be in the moment and to remember what they have what they have achieved because it's so easy to be so caught up in a world that you know that you keep growing and growing and growing and then you become bigger bigger and bigger and then you're like all of a sudden like tied up in this whirlwind of of this place and then you start to get discouraged because you you look at people you compare yourself and whatever whatever but then you know there's always there's also still that entire track that you left of achievements and mountains that you've climbed over and all that stuff so yeah I think I think it's always good to take a moment and to reflect remember and just just take like take your time and not to pressure yourself on like doing stuff so yeah I I honestly love that and I think like when creatives also like what you mentioned like there's so much things that go on inside Mm -hmm. especially if you're trying to write something or you're trying to like plan a plan a shoot or anything Mm -hmm. like it it always has to go down when like the the messiness part of it Mm -hmm. yeah for sure like um being creative like that's one of the things that you just have to deal with or I wouldn't want to say suffer with but like (laughs) you would have to deal with because yeah like even for me um even if I'm like just driving or walking somewhere I I always have these random ideas that come up to mind that have nothing to do with what I'm do like creating at that moment like if if it's a if it's a like it has nothing to do with anything that I'm doing and like it's just like oh my god like this would be a perfect place to have a shoot or a perfect place like for a location or this would be a perfect person for this type of role. Like I would take notes of those, but like, and then you have like this whole entire list of ideas that you like never really use. But I think that's just how creativity works. 
that it just flows to you and it comes to you effortlessly. I don't really think it's something that you can force yourself into because I, I deeply believe that um, creativity in any aspect, whether it be music, paintings, films, scripts, stories, novels, all comes from some sort of passion, some sort of message and some sort of like, like love driven message that you want to bring out, you know? Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's just, that's just what it is that I think that's the difference. That's the difference between a creative and a non-creative person that no matter how messy your thoughts are, you still try to figure it out because you're so passionate about what you want to show about what you want to give to people or to your audience. So, yeah. And, and is that something that you're still trying to learn and um, learn, especially you have at least well, one, one and a half month left until you. Yeah. So, yeah, I would for sure say that. Um, I mean, I always do believe that in all aspects of life, whether it be um, art, filmmaking, um, life wisdom, I feel like there's endless knowledge that people could learn from other people. Like, I don't think that there's this one person like, oh, my God, knows everything about everything. You know, there's always still room to educate yourself on stuff. So, yeah, of course, I'm for sure learning every single day. That's yeah, it's been it's been pretty tough. It's been pretty busy and hectic. But, you know, it's it's learning process. It's a very huge learning process. Definitely. And I guess like one thing I would like to add before like segueing on to like the next question is mm-hmm. like, what are what are some things that you would want to tell yourself before you graduate one thing I would tell myself before I graduate hmm. see this is this is what I have been really thinking about because it's it's very crazy to me because um so obviously I'm from the Philippines and um I used to go home every single summer and winter but since the pandemic I haven't gone home for two years and I'm going I booked a ticket a few months ago to go in June so after I graduate and then you know I'm just so excited about it that since I booked the ticket I feel like I've just been rushing through the days you know what I mean like I feel like I just wanted to be June already you know like like I but the other day I was reflecting on that too like like yeah I should slow down and really analyze that I am going to graduate and that this is something that my like 10-year-old self was like dreaming to have that to have like a film degree and to graduate in in the US so yeah like like right now, I'm st- I I still am rushing through the days. If I'm being I'm going to be totally honest, but I do try to remind myself, you know, that I sh- I should I should take advantage of what of what I have now. That I'm literally going to school as a film major, and that 
I'm like on sets every single day. Like I've always dreamed of that when I was when I was like 10 years old and 11. And then reflecting back on it, it's so crazy because it's so crazy to me to say to, you know, go home and say that, yeah, I have a film degree now. It's so crazy to me to say that. Like, so, yeah, if I would tell myself anything before I graduate is is would be that I have to calm down and, and like, you know, take in, take in like what I have left. Because, of course, there's amazing people that I've met in being here that I, that I think I will forever be friends with in the film industry. So, yeah, I think I shouldn't rush into graduating or getting my work done. I think I should just relax and just do the best that I can and make the best of it, you know. Exactly. And I think like this is where the excitement begins is like mm -hmm. after you get that degree, after you walk to that stage, like mm -hmm. you are carrying with you your family and like mm -hmm. being the first to graduate in Yeah. 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 So that's I was also talking to that with my mom too that she she made me realize that I'm actually the first person to ever graduate, um, you know, in my family, like a college outside the Philippines, which like I knew like I knew about it. Like I knew that I was the first one. But once, you know, once it's laid out and someone tell, actually tells it to your face, it's like so different. You're like, oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> like you you suddenly have this light of realization that that you know that I have achieved a lot and that I should appreciate that and be grateful for that you know mm -hmm. and with that said kind of mm -hmm. tying it back into the follow-up follow-up question is um how would you say you understand your own Filipino identity I would say um so if I was in the Philippines, like, you know, back when I, before I moved here, I would tell you, like, I knew the Philippines, like, 100%, like, I knew everything, you know, but then you come here, you come outside the bubble, um, and then you realize, you know, like, nothing about the Philippines, <laughs> like, it's so, um, like, of course, Filipino, the basic Filipino culture, of course, I'm very confident, like, I've read all the Alamats in high school, I've had, like, I've drank from, from durian shells, buku shells, like, the, I don't even know if you can be more cultural than that, but anyways, like, but, like, when you come here to America, um, seeing the perspective of, you know, outsiders and how Filipinos are perceived or, it, it's just a whole entire thing it's you start to you start to think and you start to reflect on like is this what filipinos are is this is this what the philippines really is you know to the to the world um yeah so of course you i would say like right now of course i don't know everything like i am from the philippines i'm full filipino but i don't know everything like even even like I am from Davao, like I don't know some other aspects, like 
how it would be living or growing up in Manila, like the capital, or being from Cebu, I wouldn't know. I like, and you know, other other religious cultures, like, you know, Muslim, I wouldn't know those types of things. And yeah, like like what I said before, every day you have to learn something. You you just you just learn it day by day. Like I even until this day, I still learn more about the Filipino culture, especially you know how it's connected to Hawaii and how it's connected to like the states and even other countries. You know, it's just so yeah. I would say that I know enough, you know, for now, but I don't know all of it, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, and I think that's really valuable to note down because, mm-hmm. like, being someone who was born in the states, moved back, then came back. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you're—it's a never-ending learning cycle. Oh and yeah, there's yeah. always there's always new things that you are learning each day, and I think that's what I continue to admire about you is like you're mm-hmm. you're very, like you're very adaptable to your environment Mm -hmm. and which I gotten to learn as much Mm -hmm. as I gotten to know you (laughs) yeah you know you want to climb higher and faster (laughs) you know what I mean like if um yeah I think I think it's good to to learn to keep an open mind and to not be so close to things because of course there, there were times when when you know, because I'm very religious. I, I came from a Catholic. I, I went to a Catholic school, so um, you know, it, it was very different. It was very interesting to me hearing people that were so against religion, like you know, coming here and people having no religion at all. It was so bizarre to me. So, but you know, you always need to keep an open mind. You need to keep an open mind and learn from things. Have a self check. You know, you're. Because, you know, you need to know that you're not always right. I'm not, I'm not always right. Like, whatever I'm saying here could be totally against someone else. So it's just all about alert, learning, adapting, and accepting and yeah. just respecting people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that's so important nowadays is, like, not everything is 100% true. Um, yeah, It's like exactly. being able to um, also do your own research and also, mm-hmm. like, not, like, also, like, I think I I learned this from the pandemic. Someone mm-hmm. said that um, you you need to be grounded with your own truth first before going mm-hmm. out to hear others because yeah. it will help you understand the other perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think I think that it's really good to know. Like I think that's in everything that you should know yourself first and you should know what you stand for first before you you know before you go out there and like try to figure out what other people think you know um yeah I think you know I think self self self-love is a very powerful thing and I think you know you are first (laughs) yeah you are first so yeah and that is a great segue to uh, my follow-up question because um, off off camera before we even mm-hmm. met, um, mm-hmm. you talked about how you're a huge advocate for mental health. And oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask, like personally, um, 
what are some ways that you are incorporating mental health within your work? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I am an advocate for mental health because I think before anything, before I was like a filmmaker or model, whatever, um, I always labeled myself as an advocate for mental health. Because even when I was in high school, we would have this like groups and these media media presentations and it was always about mental health like I would always advocate that and um yeah when I was in high school I used to advocate it through through posters and presentations even though even though the teacher was like oh pick any topic you want you know mental health was always the one that I chose first and now since I since you know I'm in college I study film like 80% of my work has something is always related to mental health. Like the first short film that I'm, that I'm going to present on my graduation capstone is about mental health. So yeah, like I just think it's just super important for people to understand that mental health is a big issue and that, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just really, I have this belief that, um, you know, like love or like emotion, not really love. Okay. Let's say emotions. (laughs) I feel like emotions is one of the things that makes the world go round. You know, I feel like we wouldn't have like human rights or like stuff like that. If you didn't emphasize, like if you didn't have empathy for someone, you know, like that's because that's the basic form of a human being. Like that's what's separating us from, you know, from, other life forms I guess is because we can feel and express and I think that's something that the world should understand you know because because I feel like everything political and whatever is all is all emotionally based some one way or another like if someone is advocating for for like health like health issues is because they have they have love for for that 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 kind of thing you know for cancer patients or HIV or whatever whatever it may be because you you feel for those people you you care about those people and you care about you know humans so yeah that's yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was still in the Philippines when I was in high school. And yeah, I was, yeah, because, you know, especially when you're in the Philippines, um, it was very, you know, Filipino people, it's not really easy to express as I was, you know, expressing. And I think, or at least from my experience, I can't say for every single Filipino, but at least from my experience, from, you know, my loved ones, I would say that it was very hard to express or for them to understand what mental health is or how important it was or, like, how I was feeling at that time, you know? And, uh, yeah, and then, you know, when you come to the U.S., everyone is, like, talking about all their emotions. So that was another, you know, that's another cultural shock thing. But yeah, but that, that I think, I think, um, 
being in the Philippines was also probably one of the elements that made me an advocate of mental health was because it seemed like no one wanted to talk about it, you know, and no one really wanted to take it seriously. Maybe they would talk about it, but it would be through jokes. It would be through um, like, but yeah, mainly jokes. It would be mainly done through jokes and it wouldn't be taken seriously. Um, yeah, it it was, that's probably one of the, the reasons why I was such an advocate, I guess, now that I reflect on it. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. I think because, I, I asked that because, like, me in the Philippines, like, they, there's not a lot, lot of talks about mental mm-hmm. health. If there is, it would be yeah. through comedy. Um, yeah, because we sure. love, yeah, yeah. We love, um, we love to. We see a lot how Filipinos are portrayed mm-hmm. to be comedians, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's how we express our pain, our mm-hmm. any emotion. So anything that has to deal with emotions, we don't really as talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that you mentioned that is so I wanted to emphasize, um, and I love that kind of like going back again. Like I love how your capstone project deal um talks a lot about mental health because Mm -hmm. especially in the creative fields in the film um media there's no talks of mental health if there is there's only very rare yeah Mm -hmm. and i think the i the concept of mental health now like it's it's getting there it's getting it's getting Mm -hmm. better people are talking about it there's like even a podcast with a celebrity that talks about mental health, which oh, that's amazing, yeah. Which is like, yeah. Which is uh, improving a little bit, but I think mm-hmm. it's one, 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 one. I think for that saying, it's one step at. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's with everything else too. Like, but then again, you know. Filipino culture is very, you know, closed, like closed. Um, I don't know how you would call it. It was closed, like closed minded or I don't know, like, because it's, it's the same thing with um, same sex marriage and all that kind of things. Philippine, the Filipino culture or the classic Filipino culture is very closed but you know they're slowly opening up um yeah they're they're slowly opening up but then what you said earlier about um how filipinos love to present themselves through comedy yeah it is it is for sure a thing um but that's what filipinos are mostly known for is for comedy um yeah but don't get me wrong like there are a ton of super funny Filipino films out there. And that's just, that's just what they're known for, you know? Um, yeah. But then again, like, yeah, I'm saying all, all these, all these stuff, but then again, you cannot blame them because, um, it, the Philippines is a very, what do you, what is, there's a word for that? Like very, yeah. Conservative community. So, um, yeah, they, they grew up, like, even I, 
like even me my, my family is very 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 like that um again like i'm like a black sheep like i just talk about mental health and all about art and all that stuff um and they were not you know but i don't i do not blame them at all like i still like of course i'm super close to them um i love them with all my heart but it's just that i don't blame that that they think like that because you know they grew up that way too and they weren't really exposed to other people that was you know that that was thinking like me or that experienced the same stuff like me you know um yeah you 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 can't really blame people for that especially especially if they grew up in such a small little circle yeah i think you bring such a good point and i think that's something that i constantly learn through having conversation is that um when it comes to our culture and our entire filipino culture as a whole is that um it's it comes with acceptance and learning mm-hmm. and it comes with a lot of forgiving ourselves for not knowing certain mm-hmm. things and yeah. it's like and i think that's how we kind of keep this at a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, even my my mom does say the same thing too when she tries to express something or even with me now. Like if I try to express something to my family or to my cousins, to her sister, whatever, they like they probably acknowledge it for like a minute and then say jokes about it and then forgets it. But, you know, you also have to consider that they're there in the Philippines and we're here. The culture is different over there. Culture is different over here. And just, you know, we don't have the same, I guess, wave, like wavelengths that we don't think the same. So yeah, you, you cannot blame them too. Like, I think it's their own responsibility to, you know, educate themselves or whatever, whatever. But yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a learning process for every, yeah. And with that, for you, um, and this is one of the kind of like the staple question of the mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. what does it mean for you to reclaim your own? So for me personally, so for just, which is just for me, I couldn't like speak for anyone else because my family is in the Philippines and because I grew up over there, I would say that reclaiming my Filipino identity would be, you know, just going back there just going back to my home, spending time with my family and, you know, trying to remember where I came from. But then again, you know, as I said, I'm not representing like every single person. Everyone is different. Every single Filipino is different. And, there's even some Filipinos that are full Filipino blood, but not that has not even been in the Philippines before. Because, you know, not everyone can travel to the Philippines or like frequently. Not everyone can just buy a one-way ticket to the Philippines and just go there. Like some people don't even know anyone over there. So, I mean, I think it's different for everyone. I think the important question is that, if you really do want to reclaim your Filipino identity. Because, of course, I do get that there are some Filipinos out there 
that they could be Filipino blooded, but you know they don't want to be labeled as Filipino for some some they have you know they have their own reasons. I think I think as long as you're willing to and you're wanting to, then I think I think that that's the first step right there is to is to acknowledge whether or not you want to be labeled as a Filipino and if you really want to know the culture. And, you know, once you acknowledge that, once you realize that, then I think stuff just comes to you, you know, because I, well, one thing that I always, I, I've realized since I've got here is that, is that, you know, you have close friends and stuff like that. You bond with people from, from Norway, America, and China, whatever. And, but then when you meet someone that's Filipino, and I'm Filipino, you just have this sort of bond, you know, that even though they were like strangers to you, you just have that some sort of bond that they do get you. So I think like just meeting, I guess just meeting or having Filipino friends is a really huge thing. Like it's just like, like that's already, that's already um, like reclaiming your Filipino identity, you know? Um, yeah, like, for example, when we did the shoot at um, my, the learning comments at HPU, that was my first time ever being, for the past three and a half years of me being here, that's my first time ever being filled with a room of all Filipino strangers. Like, I didn't know anyone, you know? But it was so crazy to me that I felt so comfortable and I just loved the atmosphere so much. And it was just because, I guess, because we were all girls and it was because we we're all Filipino female, you know, it was. And then plus that you were creative and then the the DP was also creative that we all bonded at some type of level, which I loved so much. It was like so. Yeah, I think I think. I think as people really think that when you want to reclaim your Filipino identity, you need to know the history and stuff like that. I think, you know, identity is something that you feel. It's something that you, that you are. So I think that once you feel something, once you feel like, you know, that you are Filipino and that you belong in this Filipino community, then that's when you start to reclaim it, you know? I think that was um, that was actually really beautifully well said, and I feel like even when um, and I think going back to that day that we first shoot together, mm-hmm. um, and even if I wanted to ask actually because on that day after you attended the film screening, yeah, and I did. even then you felt like even yeah. more connected because mm-hmm. there's more Filipinos mm-hmm. in the community. Um, I kind of wanted to ask um, and kind of looking at time check we're good um <laughs> what did you feel when you were at the film screening because i i'm pretty sure like you had a, another range of emotions that you mm-hmm. have felt yeah that was actually a very interesting experience because that was my first time ever um doing a premiere like a premiere movie night that which was, was really exciting it was really nice it was really it was fun and then I was super excited for the film because number one, it was Filipino made, you know, and it was like full Filipino cast, which I loved about it. 
And, you know, the Basco family is known for being in Hollywood and being in big films. So I was expecting the film to be like really, really big and really, really huge. Um, then, yeah, when you get there, they have you have this room of um, they have this room. Yeah. When you where you meet people, they serve like free hollow hollow and stuff like that. <laughs> and then. Yeah, it was it was a really, really fun experience. Like just I think it was so beautiful seeing all these Filipino people like coming together and celebrating a Filipino film. I think that's what was most beautiful about it. Um, yeah. And watching the film, of course, it was like super hilarious. I love I love. Yeah, it was very funny. But I I'm going to be 100 percent honest with you, like. It it wasn't really like what I expected it to be. Does that make sense? Like, like I really wanted it to be something that would represent a Filipino filmmaker because I, I had super high expectations for the Basque family because they were they were in the in like Hollywood industry for like thirty years. Um, but yeah, like do not get me wrong like it was a very funny film it like 100% respect to them I know they worked super hard on it I can't imagine shooting for 16 days of production I cannot it's like insane but um you know it it's also not my niche too like it's it's not my niche and then um I just had I just had different perspectives and different, you know, different types of styles. Um, like how I said before, it everything, everyone perceives stuff differently, you know. But I, I wish, I wish it represented the Filipino community more, like more, like more. Does that make sense? Like, like yeah, it, it, there was family there. There was family there. But then again, there was like this whole sexual scene and this whole like adultery thing. And then I felt in a way that, yeah, it was funny, but I felt like it didn't really it was not something that I would want to show to an American and say, hey, this is what Filipinos are. You know, um, I felt like in a way that Filipinos deserve to have a better representation of them. Because, like, you know, I, I've seen other Filipino directors, obviously, like, like Kathy, like Kathy Molina. She's freaking amazing. And um, other films. But but then again, like, you know, they, but then again, there was there was a message there, of course, like how they had their one sister. I love I loved that part. But then again, I think there was some parts of it that I thought was was not representing Filipino culture. Does that make sense? So, yeah, I mean, but still, again, like, again, 100% respect to them. Like, I know it's so hard making a film. And, yeah, it, it's not it's not easy at all. But it is then again, um, what's his name? Basco's first film he's directed, right? Is that correct? So, yeah. So yeah, I think I think one thing and thank you for your honest and mm-hmm. honest reaction because like I think that's what 
how that's what one thing that and I remember they asked um one thing that mm-hmm. will help our community is like giving this like um proper feedbacks and critiques to help continue improve mm-hmm. um what we what we see today and mm-hmm. if I were to ask you if you were if you had given the chance to like recreate this film mm-hmm. what would you change about it oh, I would change a lot of things to be honest <laughs> because my perspective on film is that film is art you know it film is supposed to be art like i think that every single scene should have a meaning and i think every single character should have its own personality so i remember that there's this one person that asked during the q and a she was like she knew the original um the original brothers she said right and then i kind of in a way i kind of felt bad because you know how they had the sexual scene i kind of felt bad because you know how his character was like oh he's not like that at all he's a doctor and i think you know you need to think about too that who you're representing you're not only representing the filipino people or filipino american people but you're also representing the family you're you're representing your name your 30 years in the industry and So I think you need to show that in your work. So I would say that I feel like some scenes could have been, you know, shorter. I feel like some scenes, but that's just my niche too, you know, it's my thing, my niche, my style. It's nothing, nothing I would it's nothing like, oh, you have to do it, you know. It's just my opinion, which could be totally wrong. it could be totally wrong but then again yeah like i think some scenes could be shorter some could be more polished some some stuff could have been more polished um yeah but i think i think it was i think it was i just honestly thought it was like the like it was funny it it was 100% funny like i cannot deny that um yeah i think to be honest there's a lot of things i would have changed in that film but It's so funny too because okay, I'm this is the first time I'm ever telling this to the public, but remember when there was this one person that was asking about like women, like Filipino women? So I'm in the process of yeah, of of in the process of writing a a full-length screenplay that's like 120 pages long. Um that's about Filipino and their sisters. So it was so that's it was Filipino sisters. So like that's why I was so excited about seeing the film because it was like kind of like what I was writing. But then I watched it, it was like nothing like I was writing because it was comedy, mine was drama and mine was sisters and theirs was, you know, brothers. And then mine was mine is more about is more about like um like Filipino history and Filipino culture it it was it's kind of like have you seen the movie Four Sisters in the Wedding so it's kind of like that it's kind of like that um yeah it's kind of like that like so see for example like so the director of that movie is Kathleen Molina freaking amazing Filipino director and so see how that movie represents a lot in the Filipino industry. I mean like in the Filipino, you know, world. Like family, 
you know, having someone abroad, having one sister take care of the Lola. I think it was very well executed, you know, like there was still comedy. There was Tony there. There was some very funny stuff. Um, yeah, but I think it was just all really well blended and it came into harmony really well, which is I really loved about it. And yeah, so I think that's what I think that's what I guess that film that we watched a few days ago was lacking, I guess, was like was like more of like what Filipinos are or like what, you know, because in my thing is that so my goal is like or like when I was little, the reason why I was so into film was like I never saw like an Oscar award winning Filipino director or even actor or whatever so like my yeah so so, like I see things very differently I see things at a very like 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 I would say probably higher higher like perspective because I want I really want huge representation for Filipinos I want I want them to to have a award-winning Oscar, Filipino Oscar, or director, or, like, actor, singer, whatever it may be, like, for Emmys or MBAs, like, something. So that's why I always look at things at its best possible, because that's what I'm passionate about, is to, to give Filipino people the best representation that they could ever have, to really prove to America or the world that there are that Filipinos are capable of making creative uh, like amazing films you know and yeah I guess I guess I'm just gonna leave it there I I really don't want to disrespect their film because I I respect their family so much because I know that they've been in the industry for 30 years and like yeah yeah i think that i think what you said is definitely well needed to hear and i feel like mm-hmm. as someone and as someone who will be listening to this um podcast mm-hmm. um they will kind of like know a little bit like there are some things in within the film itself that may need to be a little like this is the very first like we know like our first will never be the best and mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah it. and i think the more that we hear these things like we can like yeah. better improve things and i think, yeah i i, sure. I think i see it like that i think you have a mm-hmm. very keen mm-hmm. keen eye to like look at it um mm-hmm. and again with the uh, kathy garcia molina she is very well respected like i love mm-hmm. i still to this day i i I keep rewatching Hello Love Goodbye because Oh yeah. She has yeah. she knows how to just execute everything yeah. from the writing, the characters, mm-hmm. the bond and I mm-hmm. think if I were to like I haven't met any filmmaker that's like her that's mm-hmm. here in the States. So I think that's Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I really wish she was in the States. I don't understand why she hasn't been to the States till this day. But there's also others like, uh, I forget, I keep forgetting her last name. It's like Antoinette. She made a film with Nadine Lustre and, and James Reed. It's called, um, 
never it was like never something it was like um it was never not love you there you go it's like it's a film called never not love you and it's directed by Antoinette Jadawan is her last name yeah I keep forgetting her last name but yeah she's she's also an amazing director I found her through that film she's that's I really love that film because you know how there's those very cheesy classic Filipino rom-com things this one was very well like Americanized it was like Americanized it was like in English but it was it was really well done I thought it was really well done so yeah she's another director that's really good really good Filipino director so yeah I think yeah so yeah that's the one thing too like I mean I don't blame them because I don't really know because I don't know maybe they can't come to the U.S. Maybe they can't, you know, because of visas and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I just really think that the world should know that Filipinos are worth a lot, you know? Like, it's, they're not, we're not just workers or labor workers, you know? Oh, my God, so, I hate that so much. But, yeah, like, I think Filipinos deserve a lot, that the world does not realize so yeah I, this is a, a one slogan that i've heard um this company in la mm-hmm. once said like the hollywood sees filipinos but they don't kind of like it's like a love like a what's an unrequited love pretty much with mm-hmm. everything like filipinos gives but no one really takes in that mm-hmm no one takes us in like we give so much to everything that we do but no mm-hmm. one has ever committed to us yeah it's either sure. a part filipino mixed filipino but no one yeah. ever committed to a full filipino so, like, making see, it in the industry. we do have like those we do have some sort of representation like half filipinos like let's okay let's name like some very very famous people like Apple Diap or Bruno Mars or who else is like half Filipino but you know like I think no disrespect to them but like they're not full Filipino and I and I believe that I believe that um I don't I mean I don't know if they have if they have even lived in the Philippines I don't I'm not really sure but I, you don't think so? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, um, yeah, I don't know. I, and then I think it would be different too. Cause for example, if I was Bruno Mars, <laughs> for example, if I was Bruno Mars, I would be like taking in like Filipino people. You know what I mean? Like trying to help out Filipino people. Cause that's, that's what I represent or like half represent, I guess, you know? Um, yeah, because I think once you have, once you're that big, and once you have that platform, and once you represent a certain community, and you want to represent that community, obviously, then I think you, sh- you know, you have the power to to make changes. You know, like I think the same thing. I think the same thing happened with, you know, the Japanese Korean culture, like how they mentioned in in the Q&A, like, with Squid Games and with, um, you know, I, 
because I believe that their industry, I feel like the like Hollywood industry was so close to Asian Asian people way back then, right? And then they slowly got into it, but then there's still this thing that, as you know, as Basco said, that when there's Asian, it's like they always expect someone that looks Chinese or light skinned. Um, like that has like r- something, you know, like this, like looks Asian, I guess. But then, you know, as he said, as Basco said, like, and then you come inside like the casting, r- the casting room, and you're like, what is this Mexican person doing here? <laughs> um, yeah. So I think, I think it's really, it's a really big thing that, um. It's a really big thing that the Hollywood industry or the film industry or the entertainment industry should should welcome more, you know, Filipino people, even even like um, what do you call it? Or even Hawaiian people, Polynesians and stuff like that. You rarely see like those kind of type of films that are full cast Polynesians or, you know, those types, those types of races and I think it, it's good to it's good to it's good to have those people and to represent you know? you know exactly and I think all oh, this could go on for like a whole conversation because I just know yeah. someone would like I think someone I had a similar conversation about like when they have like any representation in terms of um, people within who's in the um, casting and stuff like mm-hmm they don't really go in to cast a mm-hmm. full. They would see who has experience and they mm-hmm. don't go to dig more research into it. Like mm-hmm. They just pick and choose. So yeah. I think that's what's lacking in the industry mm-hmm. and that's something that we continually need to um, work yeah. towards. But that's, that is actually an interesting conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah, it is for sure. Yeah, it's a and long thing. Definitely, and like, kind of like tying into the end of it mm-hmm. all is um, and I I liked how I saved this to the very end is um, if you were able if you had like the chance to just write a letter to yourself, um, and you could give this to your twelve year old so I've actually had multiple people ask that to me before. So, and that's, I've always had the same answer because it, it doesn't matter if like it's my two year old self, eight year old self, or even 19 year old self. I would say the same exact thing that, um, you know, that to embrace what was given to me by God and that I am like beautiful in my own unique way. Cause it was because, you know, like, you know, like going through puberty and stuff like that and whatever. It's like a really weird stage. But um, so in the Philippines, I bet you know this, but um, in the Philippines, there's this stereotype of like that to be pretty, quote unquote, you have to be like super skinny or like or like really really white or and have like no acne and all that stuff and I was and like straight hair and like really silk straight hair long silky straight hair whatever 
And I was like the total opposite. I was like, had, I had, was like, I was, my acne was so bad. And then, um, I have tan skin, obviously. And my hair is so crazy. Like, it's like curly, but not, it's like so weird. But anyways, um, yeah, like the Philippines has this certain type of, um, beauty standards. And when you grow up in that little bubble, as I say, um, you, you know, you start to get discouraged because, you know, you're immature and you want to fit in and you want to change everything that you have. And of course, I, I was like that too. Like, I remember when I was like 15, I rebonded my hair to make it like really straight. And then I've, I've used so much whitening soap. I swear to God, like I've, tried everything from from creams to like lotions to soaps I think I even tried tablets I did everything I did everything just because I wanted to become I wanted to become lighter skinned I wanted to become you know the standard of whatever people thought that was pretty but then you know um you you know you grow you realize stuff and then you once you become older you start to realize that it it was given to you like that certain aspect or that certain type was given to you because god or whatever people believe in um that it was given to you for a reason and it was meant for you you know that you should embrace it because that's what you are naturally and i think no matter how much you like how much I rebonded my hair or injected whitening stuff into my body, I would it it was kind of like lying to myself in a way that that's not who I am. And I just wanted to look that way or become that type of thing because I was I wanted to be accepted by people and I wanted to be I wanted to be labeled as the pretty person to a person to someone that probably doesn't even care about me at all. Um, So, yeah, I think that's the one thing that I would I always say to myself, I would always say to my past self that that you should embrace everything that you that you are and you have that you are beautiful in your own unique way, you know. But, you know, yeah, it was a very long process of learning that type of thing but then you know here we are um me I'm like so tan and have like crazy curly hair but (laughs) it's fine um yeah I think that that's also a different topic that I'm super passionate about you know that is so you know self-confidence and stuff like that I think it's also goes hand in hand with mental health I think that um you know having self-confidence is one thing that affects your mental health like once once you're once you you have once you're really confident with your with what you look or like what you are and your capabilities or your talents and skills then I think no one can tell you wrong you know like my mom always said that um she always says that people the world could tell you that you're ugly but if you know to yourself that you're beautiful then 
then you can you're not gonna be phased at all like who cares you know it's the same thing with everything else like if you know that you're talented in one thing which was the same thing with me like I knew that I had something in film like I knew that I I had talent in it um and like I like at that point I didn't even make a film yet like I just knew I just had I just had this I don't know how I came up with that I'm just like yeah I know I know what I'm doing even though I did not even make a film yet but anyways like I just knew and I was so passionate that that I could make a film and I could become a filmmaker and that I could become a director and once once you have that self-confidence then I think no one can tell you wrong no matter no matter how many people tell you that you can't like even so like for example like what I said earlier that my whole entire family was like no you cannot oh yeah I did I did like <laughs> yeah so like I think it's it's a really self-confidence thing like it's a yeah so that's why yeah that's why I would always say to myself is literally the same same thing I think that's like one like one great strength that you have and that continues mm-hmm. to carry on to this day is that um you already self-prophesized to yourself that even if mm-hmm. you didn't do it yet like you mm-hmm. kept saying you could do it and yeah you will and the confidence Aww. that you have is something that is shining and i mm-hmm. feel like with the many top with the many topics that you completely like care about and mm-hmm. like, you are wanting to dive into like mm-hmm. i just see i can just imagine already like the, the scripts that you're ready to come out mm-hmm. when you're writing this uh like if you told me i was going to model like the four years ago I would mm-hmm. literally think you were crazy like because <laughs> yeah I never thought of, like again because I was going through a little crisis mm-hmm. I didn't really think I was capable of doing those types of stuff yeah my modeling story is very funny like to make long story short I was basically scouted by someone she was like she was trying to convince me to like, oh, have you ever thought of modeling? I was like, no, like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> why would I model? <laughs> like, it was so weird because like, I was so confident um, behind the camera, you know what I mean? And then I was like, no, I'm not gonna model. Like, why would I do that? And then um, she was really convincing me. And then she was like, just call me. Here's my number. She gave me her card. I talked to my mom about it. She was like, she was like, you know, like, just give it a try. Yeah, you don't know. Maybe, maybe you'll like it. And so I called. So I called her. She signed me. She was my first agent here in the island. And then she was like, she, she was like, oh, I'm gonna like send you to these photographers, blah, blah blah. And then I just really loved it. I loved it. And then I think I I found a lot of people through it. It was like another platform for me. And I think, yeah, and like meeting more people through that too was that it also like boosted my self-confidence because like people really loved how I looked like they really they really loved like my tan skin and they really loved like my curly hair like if it wasn't if it wasn't for them telling that to me I honestly wouldn't think I think I would still be in that endless loop of like of like rebonding my hair and stuff like that because when I first came here to to the island, I, I still was so insecure about it. Like I was still so 
insecure about like my hair and like the color of my skin and stuff like that. But, you know, through modeling, it, it really did help me for one way or another that having like, you know, having that perspective of other people, it, it really did help. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it's a very, it's a very interesting story. And um, I know that off camera when we were chatting on the side, and I'm not sure if you want to share it again with the, yeah. the pod about the story. Um, with a with a Filipino on Filipino oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so yeah then again so see like when I so situations like this okay so I'm gonna say a situation but like before that I want to say something mm-hmm. so like so like it the reason why that I think self-confidence is a really good thing to have is because you know there's gonna be sudden situations like how what I experienced that that um, you're going to have like sudden judgments and stuff like that. And, you know, what if you're not self-confident? Maybe you're very insecure about whatever they say to you. And it could affect you in a really, you know, really bad way. So but I, so that's why as long as you know that that you are beautiful or that you should not change anything, then that's good (laughs) but anyways my story is that um um this was like a few i think this was like a year a year ago okay no maybe like two years ago um there was a filipino designer was having castings for his show and then um he was like we were having fittings at his little studio place and then we, he was fitting me and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. So he's a designer from Manila. I honestly forgot his name. And he was like, he was like, oh, like he was speaking to me in Tagalog because I, you know, I could understand. And then he was like, he's like, oh, like you should, you should join pageants and stuff. He was talking to me in Tagalog. So he was like, oh, like you should join pageants. Like, like you're really tall and you could totally do pageants and stuff like that. Then I was like, oh, like, he's, I'm like, oh, like, thank you, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, like, he says, oh, but I think you should fix your nose. He says to me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, um, what? And then, but then he, he started explaining that he was like a, like a um, cosmetic surgeon, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he, he's like. He also, I remember he told to me, he like, I don't think your nose like fits your face. Like it could be better and stuff, something like that. Like in Filipino. And I was like, what? I was like, so confused. I was like, but then again, like back to what we said earlier, you cannot blame them. And I think it was good that it was said to me and not to like an American person because I understand that because my family is like that, you know, like they just say like, oh, my God, you're so dark now. Or like, oh, my God, you have so many pimples on your face or, oh, my God, you've gained weight or, oh, my God, you're super skinny now. Like, like my family does that on a daily basis. Like, it's very natural for them. It's very like common. It's 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 something that that they're so used to that they think it's okay, And then. You know, obviously it's not because people perceive stuff differently. Like, what if what if I was super insecure about my nose? 
I would have probably had nose surgery the next day or something after he said that to me. But no, like I was um, it, like in my head, like in my head, I was just like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, like, it was just so crazy to me that someone would actually say that to your face. But and he was a stranger. Like I met him that day, which was so crazy to me. Um, yeah, so that's my little my little experience. And then. Yeah, back to what I said earlier. If you, you you people need to have self confidence because, for example, if if someone told you or commented about your your how you look or like how your how you style yourself or how much you weigh, then of course that person could go into depression and you don't even know, and it, it would be the cause of a stranger saying one comment. And so, like, I think it's, you know, something to have for your self-protection. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And I, I just want to say it again that, like, with the confidence that you had, like, it really does show that even what they said, like, you continue mm-hmm. to, like, firm your ground and, like, mm-hmm. how dare you say that to me, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, you just you just kept it like, um, mm-hmm. like you were able to just like question like why would you? Yeah. Say that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I was not going to question myself at that moment. I was like, but that happened like two years ago. So, but I think it was something that was that that it was like a good experience in a way, a bad good experience in some way, because I've told that story to so many people just to prove a point does that make sense like to mm-hmm. to really help them understand that um a lot of things like like self-confidence mental health judgment against other people and filipino culture and how openly how open they are and criticizing how people look you know um yeah i think it's just yeah, it's just it's, it was an interesting experience for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like. Hmm. And before we close, and I think that's a, mm-hmm. a good way to close off the pod is, um, what is something you always wanted to learn about your culture? So one thing, that was actually a really hard question for me to. Really? To, yeah, because like I was like, huh, I, like because growing up in the Philippines, I thought that I really wanted to, like you know, I really I thought I knew everything again, and but then again, you know, I came here, and I guess, I guess, I would say I want to know more about how people see, or like how the outside world see sees the Philippines or sees Filipino people like I'm, I'm very interested I always ask people like what do they think about Filipino people or like how do they perceive them or like what is their perspective like I've always wanted to learn about that um yeah I think it's more it's not really more on on what's going on inside the Filipino culture but I'm more interested on like what other people think about our culture does that make sense 
Yeah, so I, I'm really interested about that. And even even like um like history, I guess. Like the outside history because that wasn't taught in school. Like um the sakadas, I did again, I did not know anything about them until I came here. And that's and that's still Filipino culture. Like it's still a big huge Filipino story and I never knew anything about it. Like I tried asking my mom about it and she didn't even know, which was so interesting to me. And and it was so interesting because we were all from the Philippines, but we knew nothing, we didn't know anything about it. And yeah, I I'm really interested. Yeah, I'm really interested on the perspective, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and the perfect way is like you're here in Hawaii where mm-hmm. there's so many there's so many things to discover and mm-hmm. I think even before um you graduate um there is and I think it's still open to the public and it's free uh, mm-hmm. there is an opportunity to visit the plantation or the cicadas Oh really? The Sakatas are, and it's in Waipahu, it's the Hawaii Mm. Plantation Village, and Mm -hmm. you can like go into a tour to what they went through, and like, and I think that's another, um, and if you ever like want to do like, um, just a fun film on there, like Mm -hmm. you can just give them an email and like, you can definitely like look into it. Um, yeah, probably cut that on that recording, yeah, 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 definitely, and I think that's one way of like, um, uh, mm-hmm. learning something with it too but with that said um, mm-hmm. I did enjoy having this conversation with you and, and I think there's so much that we connected on like there are so much mm-hmm. levels that each time I would ask a question like there's so many topics but mm-hmm. um, it's just like like what I like to describe it like it's like reading like, a, like each person is a book like there's mm-hmm. so many things in a chapter that we learn yeah. and like and like going into analogies again and what I've recently learned is like our Filipino people we are like food and I will I will always end with what Filipino food describes <laughs> your personality <laughs> so I was like really thinking about that because I, I was like I was even going through your podcast and seeing what other people said I was like oh what am I gonna say um um, I would say I was going to say durian, like the fruit, mm-hmm. but it's like it like stinks. But so I just said durian candy because you know number one, durian is like so Davao, where I'm from, Davao City is the heart of durian. So that's it's like durian kingdom over there, and I love durian. It's like my favorite fruit. Um, but then again, like relating it to my personality, I guess that. Again, I am very open-minded. I, I take criticism. I'm very open to criticism. So I do accept that I've met multiple people that do not like me for some some reason. And I respect that. I, I respect that. Um, so just like Dorian, like there's, there's some people that hate it, like hate Dorian. And there's some people that love Dorian. You know what I mean? And um, I think it's the same thing with me. There's some people hate me. Some people love me. Some are in between. <laughs> um, and I, I respect that, like, 100%. Like, you know, you can't please everyone, which is another thing that I want everyone to know and realize. 
Um, and I chose durian candy because um, once I'm, I notice that once I'm very super close with someone, I get like super sweet. Like I, I'm a very sweet person. Yeah, like once, once like very, like towards my family, I'm very sweet. Like, um, yeah, like that's, I guess that's why I chose durian candy as my personality representation. That's a perfect mm-hmm. way to kind of like, like really describe your little mm-hmm. like narrative and story because like if if I were to have started with this question, I think people mm-hmm. were like, wait, why durian? When uh-huh. you, when you think about durian, like if you see it firsthand, people will avoid it. Mm-hmm. But once oh, you kind yeah. of like like eat it and like see it mm-hmm. in different ways, you can mm-hmm. kind of like make of it. Yeah, like yeah. oh, I kind of like it. Like, if mm-hmm. you can get past this, like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's also been, like, a thing. I was going to say that, too, but, like, some people, like, my friends now, they always say that the first time that they saw me, or especially, like, people online, like, they always think that I look super mean. A lot of people tell me that I look super mean for some reason. Like, they always say that I look, I look like suplada or like maldita you know what i mean <laughs> like they, they think they think i am but i i promise you i am not i am not um yeah like i'm not i hope i'm not <laughs> yeah i i don't think you're not but i feel like that's kind of like a good and bad thing because it shows that um no one can take advantage of you and like you really mm-hmm. um people will kind of like has this way of to respect you mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good way of looking at it yeah i never yeah. Really thought about that yeah yeah and with that said um i wanted to end this podcast in any ways to what are some ways we can best support you in any future projects that you are currently doing yeah so i think it would basically just be following my instagram because which is yeah, it would just be following my Instagram because I post everything on there and I'm going to be posting my website and everything on there on my Instagram. So, yeah, if people want to follow me on my Instagram, it's, an- it's at Angela. That's spelled as angel and then E-Y-H. 